Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, yes, welcome. My name is Sam Andreatis, pastor uh, here, and I want to welcome you this morning to our baptismal service, Ironworks Church baptismal service. It's a wonderful time. It's a very special time. We're really excited. Um, and because we have begun, we've decided to go through the book of Romans, the letter to Paul's letter to the Romans this year. We're going to be looking at baptism this morning from the perspective of the letter to the Romans, uh, from, the, from the apostles writing about baptism in the letter, in Paul's letter. Now that creates a problem for us. The problem is baptism is supposed to be this wonderful, happy occasion, right? It's a time of great celebration. It's a time where have these different traditions Right, and, and the, the baby is, is all dolled up and dressed up. It's one of the, one of the times where the church seems to endorse cross-dressing. Uh, and all these traditions, these strange customs that we have, we have relatives come, and uh, it's usually time of family celebration. Really, really happy time. The problem is that from the perspective of the New Testament, when the New Testament talks about baptism very often, it's a, it's a very sobering um, account that's given. The subject is, is actually very serious, uh, and it isn't like light and airy and happy and springtime and white gowns. Uh, in the passage that you, you're about to hear read, what you'll find is that the, the, the author Paul, it, he talks a lot about death and dying. <laughs> in fact, I, I counted it up, it's 15 times, 15 times. He says death or dying in this passage in these 11 verses, uh, which, which conveys to us that baptism here, according to Paul, is a, a very sober uh, subject. It's, it's something that rather than, than light, airy feelings, it deals with trauma. It deals with the traumatic. And so it's a very serious thing. Uh, and yet I think that it will help us, even though we are here to celebrate and to be joyful for these for these babies coming into our new covenant community of faith. We're happy. Um, it is good for us to, to, be, to be directed into what's actually going on here when we baptize them. So please stand with me as uh, Kimberly reads for us from Romans chapter 6 on the subject of baptism. Romans 6, 1 to 11. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Yeah, please be seated. Make yourself comfortable. Um, because this passage doesn't, doesn't actually make us comfortable. I, I don't know about you. This is hard for me to understand. I find this passage very confusing. Uh, when, when you look at what it actually means, uh, it's, it's something that's, that's difficult to wrap our hand, heads around, or difficult for me anyway. And people have tried to explain it to me, and, and when they explain it to me, what's going on here at I end up kind of more confused uh, about it. Paul has just finished a kind of long argument, long uh, discussion about what it means to be a Christian. And, you know, as we go through the book of Romans, we'll, we'll find this challenge. It's, it, it, when we're looking at a specific passage in the book of Romans, it's a challenge because Paul's argument spans chapters. And he has a lot of things going on that across chapters. So when we pick a passage, it's easy to, to lose the forest for the trees. But he's just finished this long, uh, drawn-out um, argumentation about what it means to be a Christian, where we find out that what it is to be a Christian is to understand and to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's to, it's to, it's to accept and believe that what Jesus did on the cross affected you. He died on the cross. What he did, he took on my sins on the cross and died from them. Not only my sins, but the effect of my sins. He bore on the cross. He was my substitute. And so what I do is not important. It's what he did that's important. <clears throat> that's, that's what it means to be a Christian. But that also raises the question, and it raises the question of, of, of God's just, justness, in this, one of the two ways in which God's, whether God is just, is raised in, in the letter. If, if it doesn't matter, our actions in, in bringing us to be right before God, then what does it matter what we do? Why should we stop sinning? Why should we try to live in the way that God says to live? Because it's kind of hard when you try to do it. What does it matter what our actions are if God has justified us by the things that Christ has done? What does that matter? So that's the question that he's raising here in going into this passage. And his answer, his answer to why it matters uh, is, is all of these with statements. I don't know if you notice this. He, he, he talks about with Christ, doing these things with Christ. With all these with type things happened. We're buried with him, right? We die with him. We rise with him. We're crucified with him. Six times he's saying we do something with Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean? Now you might just say, well, that's kind of a rhetorically strong way to say that Christ was our substitute, right? You might try to say, well, well, he doesn't actually mean it. He means, he means that we're somehow 
you know, it, it's, it's just a strong way of saying Christ did these things for us. And because, you know, we are with him, we, we get what he did. Uh, we get the reward of what he did. That baptism, baptism somehow symbolizes what he did. The with just means he did it for us. You might try to interpret it that way. The difficulty with doing that, though, is that Paul seems to tie that moment of baptism to our current experience. Okay, verse 5, we go through a death like his. Right? Verse 4, we are experiencing newness of life in our lives now. So it seems to be more than just a symbol. Baptism seems to be doing something more than, than just something symbolic here. It's, it's, somehow draw, it's somehow establishing a connection with us. His discussion about baptism, which happened to the people he's talking to in the past, it has to do with our lives now. Right? Long for all of us, long after baptism, baptism somehow enacts this strange connection for us. And, and so Paul says, you must be looking back on your baptism for your life today. You must repeatedly be looking back on your baptism. Okay? That's an important point about how we understand baptism, how baptism is to function in our lives. It's something we are to be looking back on, not just something we do once and it's like, okay, got it, we're in, but something we're looking back on to deal with what's in our lives right now to face what's in our lives right now. Now, with all these with expressions, Paul is, is referencing here, he's calling our attention to what theologians call union with Christ. A very important doctrine of our faith, our union with Christ enacted in, at baptism, determining how we live, how we should live. But what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that, What's that actually saying, union with Christ? All these, we're doing things with. If Christ did it for me, I get that. Why am I taken back to his experience now of death and, and scourging and burial? Why, why are we going back there? So what is he talking about? We're seeming to go through it again with him. What's the point of that? How does that even happen anyway? Okay, isn't that confusing? I find that very confusing. And yet it's crucial. This seems to be a crucial point in the Apostle Paul of our lives in Christ. So how do we get this? I think that what we should do is go on a roller coaster. Let's go on a roller coaster. I think that will help us a lot. Now, I'm, I was thinking of asking this question, how many have been on one? But I think it might be more informative to ask this question. I want you to raise your hand if you have never been on a roller coaster. If you have never been on a roller coaster, once you raise your hand. Uh, little ones, my gosh, okay. What a surprise. Annika, wait, okay. Wow, you find out things about uh, people. <laughs> okay, for those of you who have never been on a roller coaster, I'm about to give you a very special help. I'm about to give you an aid, okay? For all the rest of you who have been on the roller coaster, I'm about to jog your memory. I'm about to recall, help you recall what it is to go on a roller coaster. Okay, and we're going to do something here. A little, it's, it's kind of unusual. Well, it is just unusual for a church to do. 
Um, but we're going to do it because of something important here. Uh, what we're about here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sh- we're going to watch on the screen, the fr- uh, being in the first person, we're going to go through one of the tallest, fastest roller coasters in the world, the Desperado in Las Vegas. And, and we're going to I'm going to ask you to put your attention on the screen, and we're going to go through it first person, uh, some of it. Okay, now, some of you might have an objection to this. You might immediately think, like, why are we doing this in church? Is this appropriate? Is this reverent to do in church? And I would just say to you that there is something in this church that we care deeply about, and that is understanding the Word of God. However we can, we need to grasp the truth of the scriptures for us. And we have a, we have a, a teaching today that is difficult. This, this teaching about union of Christ, it's, it's hard to understand. And understanding the word of God is something uh, uh, about which we are deadly serious here. So this is how we're going to try to enter into this and understand it. So um, I, I hope that you can kind of put that concern aside and uh, come along for the ride, so to speak, because um, I, think, I think this is actually honoring to God to do this, even if it's uh, somewhat lowbrow. Okay, we're going to try to illustrate this. We're going to try to grasp the meaning. Okay, are we ready, guys? Okay, let's appreciate what Jesus Christ has done, what the Christian life is about here. I want you to give your attention to the screen. Don't stand up. Right. Do you remember now what it feels like? Okay, that first drop is about 225 feet. You're going at over 80 miles an hour. You remember what it feels like, right? It's traumatic. It's kind of physically traumatic, isn't it? And it's not just from the outside. You start to feel it in your stomach. How many of you started to feel that in your stomach? Anybody? Yeah. Right? It's like it's a traumatic thing going on a roller coaster. And... Uh, this was, this was the Desperado in Las Vegas. So there were two kinds of people that were in that park at the time. There were those who were going on the roller coaster, and there were those on the ground looking up, wondering if they were idiots, uh, the ones on the roller coaster, right? Go through that. But it gives us a, it gives us a taste, a sort of play trauma that uh, we go through. And I'll tell you what you're wondering, right? When you're actually on a roller coaster going up, you know, before you go down the first time, what are you wondering? You're thinking about that attendant, right, who strapped you in. And was he really being paid enough, right? Because, you know, these guys, like I grew up on a Jersey Shore, and, you know, we'd go down to Asbury Park or Great Adventure, and, 
These guys that they get to work on these rides are just beach bums, right? So are they really getting paid enough? Did he really do a good job strapping me in? Like, and you look at him, I, I didn't, he looked kind of funny. Was he high when he did this, right? <laughs> That's the kind of thing you're thinking, right? But maybe you're strapped in tight. Then what do you start thinking about when you're just about going over? You're thinking about how old is this roller coaster, right? Like, <laughs> is this well-constructed? Like, have they been well-maintaining this? Right? And, uh, you know, is this, is this uh, you know, car, is it a good car? It's all about the construction of the car, right? That's the kind of thing that we're thinking about as we are facing the roller coaster. Right? It's all about the quality of construction. Well, here's the point, friends. Baptism is the act of getting strapped to Christ for the trauma and the ride of life. It's not just a symbol. What we're, what's going on in baptism is that we're being strapped to the experience of Christ and we're in it with him and he's in it with us. We're joined to Christ's experience so that our life will follow the contours of his life. And when it's received in faith, we die with him in baptism. And all the other things that go on with, with, with his life, we are joined to those things. Because life is a lot like a roller coaster. It holds trauma for us, for all of us, in some ways. There are two reasons why life is traumatic for us. There are two ways in which we experience trauma through life. One is, is what happens to us from the outside as we go through life. You know, I was baptizing, I remember a little, uh, little baby girl, her name was Grace. I remember her father, the day that I was baptizing, he was, he was just so broken up because he was, he was appreciative that his child was being baptized, but he was looking ahead at her life and he was recognizing, he was saying this, confessing it to his wife. I would like to protect her from all the evils of life, but I, but I realize I can't. He, realized, he, he, knew, he knew what life was dishes out. He knew what was coming for her. And he was, he was recognizing that, you know what, I cannot actually protect my daughter from what's coming at her, the trauma that's coming to her from life, the drops the loops that are going to happen. And he was being very realistic. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Life is trauma. Some of you are in relationship free fall right now. And you don't know what it's going to be like when you get to the bottom. Some of you are, in, are, in, uh, are upside down at work. <laughs> or you're going through loops at work. You don't know when you're going to come out or how you're going to come out or if you're going to come out. The trauma of life. What is the way to go through the traumas of life and come out of it alive? Well, the answer that Paul is giving us is to go through them with Jesus Christ. You want attachment? Here's attachment. Attachment to Christ. It's the way to go through it and come out of it okay. And he's, he's not just someone else in the roller coaster with you, 
He's the roller coaster car. He is the one that's holding you onto the track. He's the roller coaster car itself. You're both traveling the same traumatic experience of life. But one of you is actually bearing the strain of the tracks. One of you is actually protecting the other. One of you is actually carrying you along. The other one of you, me and you, are just strapped in for dear life. He's the one going on the track. We're along for the ride. He keeps us on the track, alive, so that we reach our destination. If we're strapped in to Christ, doesn't matter if we go upside down, doesn't matter how fast we're going around, we're going to get to the cotton candy stand in the end. So baptism is that thing that we look back on in our lives to say, you'll make it through. You will make it through despite the drops that you're going through in life. That's the external. But you know, there's another reason why life is traumatic for us. And that is what's going on in our stomachs, right? In our gut. How we are thinking the wrong things. How we are doing the wrong things as we're on this ride. It's our sinfulness This is also what provides trauma for us. And this is why Paul brings these subjects up when he's answering this question, this objection, that if we're saved by grace, then what does it matter what we do? And that reminds him of union with Christ, which reminds him of baptism. And he says a way to deal with sin is actually the same thing, to look back on your strapping in on your once for all strapping in to Christ in faith. That is the way to deal with the sin. And as you do that, a dying occurs in you. You know, a dying occurs in the life of a Christian in regard to sin. We don't die the, the, the death that Christ died, though we, would, we deserve to. We don't. That's the work of the of the roller coaster car. Instead, we die a death like it, verse 5 says, a death like his. Well, what's, what's the similarity? Well, the similarity is that both have to do with sin. He receives a punishment for sin. We receive a separation from sin. Our death is a separation from sin. And both destroy sin. His death annihilated the power of sin, the dominion of sin in our lives. Our death is taking that power to separate and renounce the wrongs in our lives. Be able to see them, first of all, and then to renounce them. That's a death. And in him, we have that power to renounce and turn away from all the wrongdoing that you are struggling with, all of it, even that one that you feel like it's always this way, it'll always be this way, it never changes. No, you have the power over time to die 
to that sin, to turn away from it because we're strapped to the one who demolished the power of the wrongdoing. That's what baptism is for us. That's why Paul says you're always looking back to it. And you know, another thing about going up on a roller coaster is it bonds you to the people that you go through it with. Because it's sort of like a little trauma. It kind of emotionally bonds you. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, as I said, I went, growing up on, in Jersey, would go down to the shore, you know, go on these roller coasters. And there was this one time I went on this roller coaster called the Zipper with this girl, Jeannie. And, you know, we were just kind of friends, kind of casual friends. I went up in the, in the Zipper with her, and I came down ready to propose uh, to her. <laughs> you know this, right? When you actually go through actual trauma, you know, it bonds you to the person when you go through it with someone. And I came down, it was like the only thing that prevented me from popping the question right then and there was that I was so dizzy. I couldn't have a conversation. I couldn't do actually anything. I was so dizzy. Otherwise, you know, today it wouldn't be Sam and Mary Kay. It would be Sam and Jeannie. <laughs> but I just, I couldn't do it. I was, I was came down in love with this. By the way, this is a tip for those of you who are trying to get your, your boyfriend to propose and... <laughs> Just take them to a theme park, okay? You go up, romantically inclined, you'll come down engaged, okay? Just a tip that you know. Why? Because we're emotionally bonded, and that's what happens. That's what Paul is talking about here. You go through it with Christ, and you're bonded to him. So he asked, verse 2, how can the believer continue in sinfulness when your affections are bound to Christ? to Jesus Christ. There's a heartfelt reality that baptism gives us as we receive it by faith because we go through a similar trauma with Christ. Okay, we come down engaged to him. We come down in his love. We come down sensitized to the life that he has with us. Come down alive, right? You come down from a roller coaster alive. And that is what Paul is pulling us towards in baptism. You by going through it, by being joined in union with Christ, you come out alive with him. All right. So baptism is something that we all need in our lives to look back on, young and old. We all need to do it because baptism assures us that it's not about our strength to hold on. It's about his strength to hold on to us. So these children are about to be strapped to Jesus Christ. And forever and after, as they grow, they can look in faith at this sign and receive the reality that baptism communicates to them. It's very helpful. I find it very helpful because actually they grow. You know, people say, oh, are you saying that they're saved now when you baptize them? We don't believe that. We don't believe that they're saved when we baptize them. But we are putting the sign on them. It's communicating something very real. And if they grow and these kids grow up and they reject this faith, they reject Christ taking it on for them. And I've seen this, actually. The sign acts as a way of making manifest the judgment they're putting themselves in by not letting Christ take their judgment. It actually becomes clearer in their lives, those who are baptized. But we, um, we see baptism as, as very important to understand this way, the way that 
It's coming through in this passage. It's something that Christ has done for you that you're being joined to. It's not what you're doing. We need to see baptism as something that's done to us, not as something that we're doing. It's not about our testimony. It's about God's testimony. And for baptism to be useful to you, the real highlight has to be on Jesus Christ. It has to be on the, on the car and you being strapped to his work for you. I know many people don't look at baptism that way. We've got many American uh, Christians, they, they, they believe a baptism is something that we're, you know, you're standing up and proclaiming for Christ. Like baptism is a sign of you standing up and saying, I'm, I'm you know, I'm my allegiance to Christ. Friends, you don't want to stand up on a roller coaster. You know, I had a sad story. I had, I had an acquaintance in high school and, you know, down in Jersey, we, we would go on these roller coasters. And, and one time on a dare, he stood up in a roller coaster. He died. You do not want to stand up in a roller coaster. You want to be bound for dear life. So we don't think of this as a stand up and proclaim activity. This is why we baptize children here. For us, it's not a stand up and proclaim activity. It's more like a sit down and shut up activity. Because the trauma of life is coming, and in the trauma of life, we need to be able to know that it doesn't depend on us looking back on our baptism, on our attention and our diligence, but as something by the grace of God done for, our, for us for dear life. So one more thing here before we actually do the deed. You know, this picture that, that we've been operating in here what it means is, you know that, what it makes me, right? I'm the attendant, okay? I'm the beach bum, okay? But you don't have to worry, right? Because we understand baptism. It kind of minimizes the role of the attendant because it's what Christ has done. So it's pretty idiot-proof. You know, if you go on a, on a roller coaster these days, the ride won't start unless the bar is secure, Right? It won't even, unless every bar on the cars are secure, the ride won't, won't go, right? So anybody could do it, you know? Even someone like me can do it and not mess it up. As long as I'm using the Trinitarian name and water, we're good. The strap is going to hold. That's what we say. So we say as Presbyterians that the sacrament, the efficacy, it becomes an effectual means of salvation, not by any virtue of him that does administer it but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of his spirit in faith by them that receive it. That's what's going to happen now.